Hosea chapter 2 is an obscure text, but I believe it will make much sense as we go together. Our theme so far for this summer has been focusing on God, focusing on God. And I don't want the obscurity of this text to cause us to lose its significance. Hosea chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Here begins the reading of God's holy and eternal word. I will punish her for the days of the Baals, to which she burned incense. She decked herself with earrings and jewelry and went after her lovers, but me she forgot. Me she forgot, says the Lord. Therefore, behold, behold, behold. That word behold there, whenever we see it in the biblical text, it always reminds us to focus, to focus, to focus, to focus. He says, therefore, behold, I will allure her. God says, I will allure her. I will bring her in. I will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. Hosea chapter 2 verses 13 through 15. And I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor, the valley of Achor as a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the days when she came up from the land of Egypt. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the days when she came up from the land of Egypt. The word of the Lord, thanks be unto God. Father, thank you for this word. Charge it with your power divine. Speak, Lord, your servants hear and shall obey. I want to talk to you from the subject this morning. Sing again. I want you to type that in. Sing again. Sing again. And if, if you have not already, I want you to declare this over your life. Declare this on the airways. Declare this in your house. Declare this around the world. Declare this in your community. Declare this in your city. I'm getting my song back. Come on. I'm getting my song back. Come on, Holy Ghost. I'm getting my song back. Sing again. Spirit of the Lord spoke to me uh, so valiantly and said to me that this is the word of the Lord for today. Sing again. I'm getting my song back. Uh, I, I want to look at this obscure passage of scripture and for the next several weeks we're going to visit passages of scripture that are pretty much uncommon. We're going to visit uh, passages of scripture that are uncommon but they have tremendous themes. When we think about prophets in scripture, we oftentimes think about the ones that are popular. And when we refer to the ones that are popular, we're normally referring to those like uh, Ezekiel or Isaiah. Or we're also sometimes even referring to uh, not just Ezekiel, not just Isaiah, uh, but we're also used to Jeremiah. And so we tend to look at these prophets, but these are not the only prophets. 
In the Protestant canon uh, that we have, the 66 books of the Bible, we will oftentimes in uh, our uh, comment section see that there is a reference to two particular kinds of prophets. Let's go a step deeper. The first kind of prophet are known as the major prophets. The major prophets. And the major prophets are normally referred to as major because of the length of their books. So when we look at the major prophets in our Bibles, you will find that that normally refers to Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, or Ezekiel. And these major prophets are normally known because of the size and the depth of their books. Last week we looked at Amos. Today we're looking at Hosea. These are known as a smaller collection of books known as the minor prophets. The minor prophets. There are several kinds of minor prophets. There are those minor prophets who spoke before the exile. It's a teaching moment. There are those who spoke before the exile, during the exile, and after the exile. Why is this important? There are those who spoke pre-exilic, exilic, and post-exilic. What does that mean, Bishop? It simply means that there were those who spoke before they got in captivity, when they were arrested, stripped from their homeland, lost their rights, were denied their power. Then there were those who spoke uh, during captivity and then after they came out of captivity. Here's the challenge. We oftentimes have the tendency to uh, really become excited about the things of God uh, when everything is going good. How many of you can attest to that? Uh, we tend to uh, relax. We tend to let our hair down. We tend to uh, chill out. We tend to do our own thing when things seem to go well. When the job we've been praying for finally comes. When the car we've been desiring for finally comes. When our housing needs begin to change. And what I've noticed as pastoring for almost over 15 years now uh, is that there is a tendency uh, for us to praise God more when we're burdened than when we get blessed. Mama Williams, I was looking for you. Bless you, Mama. There's a tendency for us to praise God more when we're burdened than when we get blessed. There's something about when blessings start to come, somehow or another, sometimes in our mind, we begin to think that it's because of us that we got it. And so we begin to treasure the gift instead of the giver of the gift. Come on, let's be honest. How many of times have we had experiences where things started going real good? And once they started going real good, we began to smell ourselves. As they began to start going real good, we began to get excited. As they began to start going real good, we began to think that it was because of what we did that gave us what we had. But the Bible reminds us in everything, 1 Thessalonians, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. Not in some things. Not when I feel like it. Not when it feels convenient. Not when it looks good. Not when it seems good. But the Bible declares. It, I, oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm ready to lift off up here this morning. But in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. So I am to give thanks in hard times. I'm to give thanks in tough times. 
I'm to give thanks in good times, but I'm also to give thanks in down times. And I don't know about you, but if you're anywhere like me and you've had a rough week and sometimes things get challenging, uh, it's sometimes it's easier to praise God when things feel good. And it's tougher to praise him when things don't feel as good. But here's what I want us to understand. Worship, uh, worship, when it comes to worship and a life of worship, uh, worship is a command. We have been commanded to worship, but God expects us to praise. I'm going to say that again. Archbishop Goffin was sharing that with me this week. Uh, worship is commanded, but praise is expected. So what does that mean? That means there is never an opportune time when we can't praise God. So even when things are going good, I can praise him. Even when things are going bad, I can praise him. With tears in my eyes, when a report is not what I want it to be, I can praise him. And I came to remind someone today, whose report will you believe? We must believe the report of the Lord. And I reverse every negative word everything that tries to come against you this day and i'm telling you by way of the holy ghost this is your hour to sing again glory to god and so we understand the distinction between the major and the minor prophets this particular prophet hosea there are several things that we see when it comes to hosea first of all when it comes to hosea the first thing we see is the dilemma. The dilemma. The dilemma. This prophet had a unique circumstance. This prophet had a unique situation. This prophet had a unique situation because God did not just want him to prophesy. God did not just want him to preach. God wanted him to live his message. And it's one thing to tell somebody something, it's another thing to live through it. Experience has a way of humbling you. And so God called this particular prophet, and this minor prophet was called to prophesy in Israel during a time of material wealth. Stock market was up, no inflation, no high gas, nothing, uh, no food shortages, no food crisis. Everything was looking good on the outside, but everything was dirty on the inside. Don't you allow somebody's filtered smile. I don't know who this word is for. Don't you allow somebody's filtered smile on social media to fool you. Just because you're smiling don't mean you're happy all the time. Just because you're smiling doesn't mean there's a frown on the inside. And while everything looked picture perfect, while everything on the reel of Israel looked good, there were some dirty, filthy things on the inside. Who am I preaching to today? They looked like they had it going on. Money was fun. Money was going good. Things were going good. But they had spiritual poverty. They were materially wealthy, but they were spiritually empty. And it's very possible to look good on the outside, but be empty on the inside. And because of this, God, God called Hosea to do something very costly. Hosea was called to marry a harlot. Hosea was called to marry a prostitute. Hosea was called to marry one that had been loved by many. He was called to marry a woman that 
was unfaithful. This was a metaphor. This was a metaphor. The metaphor was this. Just as she was unfaithful to him, the people of God had been unfaithful to God. So the issue was spiritual adultery. Oh, it's about to get good this morning. The issue was spiritual adultery. What is spiritual adultery? It means cheating on God with other things that we make more important than God. Spiritual adultery is cheating on God with more things that are more important than God himself. When we post more than we pray. Come on here. When we post more than we pray. When we scroll more than we read scripture. Then we are committing spiritual adultery. When we post more than we pray. When we scroll more than we read scripture. We find ourselves in the exact same position of not looking to God as the source of everything. You better hear what I'm saying. And I want to remind us today of this dilemma. We have forgotten God in our country. We have forgotten God in the nations of the earth. We have forgotten God. We think of God after we get what we get. That's my money. I do what I want with my money. God, you'll get a little bit. It belongs to me. But then when the pink slip comes, then when the company downsizes, then when something drops out, then when a client that you had for a long time drops off, and then you find yourself in a crunch, we call on Christ. But I want to submit to you today, we don't just need to call on God in a crunch. We need to call him in the morning, call him in the noonday, call him in the evening. For if you call Call on Jesus, he will answer. And I came to tell somebody this morning, no matter what you're going through, don't stop calling on God. Don't stop trusting God. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop trusting. For when you call on him, he will come through. Who am I preaching through this morning? I'm telling you this morning, God is coming through on your behalf. He's coming through on your behalf. He's coming through on your behalf. Despite what it looks like, despite what it seems like, despite what it feels like, God is coming through on your behalf. So Hosea has got to live his message out. It's embarrassing, but it's purposeful. We move from the dilemma to the deal breaker. Normally... Uh, in every connection, in every friendship, in every uh, relationship, in everything, you will find what we call deal breakers. Deal breakers. Deal breakers. Deal breakers. What do you mean by that? Deal breakers. Things that are non-negotiable. Things that are non-negotiable. Things that are non-negotiable. And notice, for many, for many, this would be a deal breaker. To live with someone you blatantly know is unfaithful, wake up every day and smile knowing they are unfaithful, walking outside knowing that they are unfaithful. But this was a picture of what God was saying to his people. And notice Notice, 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 uh, when we understand leadership, leadership is not about gaining rights. It's about giving them up. Hosea is not just called to preach a sermon. 
He's called to live a sermon. And so we've got to step in his shoes to see that in the same way Goma betrayed Hosea, Israel, the people of God, had betrayed God. And so he had to embody the pain of his people. I want to submit to you, there is no purpose without pain. There is, there is no purpose without pain. And so we move from the purpose and the pain to the picture. Notice the train of our text. Chapter 2, verse 14, it says, For the days of the bells to which she burned incense, she decked herself with jewelry and went after her lovers, but me, she forgot. In his book, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, we understand that all of the Old Testament is not written uh, uh to us but it's written for us and therefore we want to understand the principle here we're reading this in light of the new Testament. we're reading this in light of christ and notice here it says for the days of the bells the foreign gods the foreign idols the things we put up over god the things we value over god the people we value over god when we value a relationship when we value a job when we value a friendship when we value a connection when we value a person when we value something more than god we begin to idolize that thing and i want to submit to you today god wants you back you he wants you back. He wants you back in his presence. He wants you back uh, for the purposes of God. He wants you back so that you can go into the fulfillment of your destination. And the Bible says, went after our lovers, went after all these things, went after all of the, the cool things, the nice things, the money, uh, all the bling bling and all of that. But me, she forgot. How many times have we gotten things and we forgot God? How many times have things been going really good and we forgot God? How many times have we done things and we forgot God? I want to remind you today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, don't forget God. Don't forget the God who woke you up this morning. Don't forget the God who started you on your way. Don't forget, Walter, don't forget what God has done in your life. Don't ever allow anything to ever come between what God has done in your life and I'm telling you if we don't cause ourselves to remember what God has done we'll get so comfortable and so complacent that we'll think we did it you didn't wake yourself up this morning God woke you up this morning you didn't start yourself on your way God started you on your way and since God brought you out before he'll do it again somebody type in God do it again God take me out this mess God open up the floodgates of heaven God do something in my life despite how gas prices go despite how finances go despite how health goes despite how business opportunities go I'm in your hands I'm in your hands in good times. I'm in your hands in bad times. I'm in your hands in tough times. I'm in your hands. Oh God, do a new thing in me. Oh God, do a new thing in me. Oh God, do a new thing in me. Hey, Shandala Bakashata. And the Bible says, the Bible says, I'm doing good with time, Ivo. The Bible says in verse number 
14. Hosea chapter number 2. Bible says, therefore, I feel like preaching this morning, excuse me. Therefore, therefore, and when we see what it therefore says, we have to understand what it's there for. Therefore, behold. That word behold means to focus. God wants your focus back. God wants you to focus not on what media says, not on what news says, not on what noise says, not on what nonsense says, but God wants you to focus on him. Somebody type in focus. Somebody type in focus. He says, behold, I will allure her. I will bring her back in. I will allure her and I will bring her into the wilderness. And this is what's been going on in our lives. Hear me prophetically by the Spirit of God. We've been in a wilderness. Is there anybody here that can testify? The last two years have felt like a wilderness. But what does God do in a wilderness? In a wilderness, God strips you. In a wilderness, God strips you. In a wilderness, God repurposes you. In a wilderness, God repositions you. And in a wilderness, God resets you. When you're in a wilderness, He repurposes you. He repositions you. And He resets you. And somebody under the sound of my voice, God is saying, focus, because I've got you in a wilderness, but I've got you right where I want you to be. And if you stay where I've got you, I'm going to do something in your life that your eyes have not seen, that your ears have not heard. I don't know who this word is for today, but God said, I've got you in a wilderness, but I'm going to bring you out. Woo! Bible says, Bible says, I will bring her into <laughs> the wilderness. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God. And I will speak comfort to her. God is going to comfort you. Watch this. In the midst of your chaos. <laughs> God's going to comfort you. In the midst of your chaos. Right now I want you to type in and say I got comfort in the chaos. God's going to comfort you in the midst of your chaos. God's going to comfort you in the midst of the chaos of this time. In the midst of the chaos of this season. In the midst of the chaos of this climate. God's going to comfort you in the midst of this chaos. I'm telling you right now. Whether you're listening to me on podcast. Whether you're listening to me on YouTube, whether you listen to me on Facebook, whether you listen to me on Instagram, whatever campus you're on, God's going to comfort you in the midst of the chaos. I'm closing with this thing here now. And the Bible says, Bible says I'm going <laughs> to speak comfort to her. Verse number 15, I'm finished. And I will give her vineyards from there. Vineyards means fruitfulness. Vineyards means fruitfulness. Vineyards means fruitfulness. What do you mean, Bishop? I'm going to make you fruitful in the midst of all the flakiness around you. I'm going to make you fruitful in the midst of the flicking. I'm going to make you fruitful even when people start acting up. I'm going to make you fruitful even when promises have not been kept. Somebody under the sound of my voice, you were promised something and it did not happen and it got flaky. But God says it's going to be fruitful. I speak fruitfulness. Lift your hands and receive. I speak fruitfulness over every area and facet of your life. 
in the name of Jesus. All right, got to close, got to close, got to close, got to close. I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. And the valley of Achor as a door of hope. Using the law of first mention, Achor speaks of the Old Testament, Achan. Achan who had sinned against God. And when that sin had come into the camp, he had to be released so that God could release blessing. We gotta get the black, we gotta get the sin out of our lives. We gotta get the mess out of our lives so God can release the miraculous provision that He has for us. But notice the valley of Achan. Valley of Achor. Achor means trouble. Achor means testing. Achor means a problem. He says, I'm going to turn this valley, this dry place, this drought, this, this, this ugly place, this low place, this down place. I'm going to turn the valley of Achor into a door of hope. I prophesy to you right now, a door is opening. I said, I prophesy to you right now, a door is opening. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but I'm speaking under the unction of the Holy Ghost. God said, a door is opening. God says, I'm getting ready to open up a door. And when I open up this door, no man can shut it. When I open up this door, nobody be able to shake it loose. When I open up this door for you, you're going to know it's God because it's a custom-made door. When we were trying to renovate our church, when we were trying to renovate our church, most of our members don't even know when we're trying to renovate our church, the biggest problem we had was not the floors. The biggest problem we had wasn't the wood. The biggest problem we had wasn't getting the pulpit out the biggest problem we had was the door oh my god the biggest problem we had was the door the biggest problem we had was the door because of where the neighborhood is the customizing of the doors would have to fit the door frames of the neighborhood and because of the neighborhood there are brownstone doors in that neighborhood and brownstone doors are very expensive every estimate we got was in the thousands and thousands of dollars but when God opens up a door God sent someone from outside of the city to come up and put our door on and he said I don't see two doors anymore but I can frame out a new door and I'm telling you God's got to frame out a door hallelujah God's got to frame out a door. He's got a custom-made miracle. He's got a custom-made miracle. He's got a custom-made miracle for you. The other folk will say, how'd you get that? Your education didn't do it. Your LinkedIn page didn't do it. Your credentials didn't do it. Your certifications didn't do it. Your bachelor's, master's, doctorate, and everything else didn't do it. It's a custom door. It's a custom frame. And when you get that custom frame the whole house can change i remember when we were trying to get it done dr ivo uh, uh, oh lord dr ivo uh, when we were trying to get it done uh, dean ivo we were trying to get it done bishop higgins came by and he said to me he said this door you gonna need is gonna be such an important door to fix this church he said whoever builds this door will also have the capacity to build a house so if god's gonna open up a door he's also gonna open up the house if god's gonna open up a door something is coming but this door has a name. He says, I'm going to move you from the valley of Achor into the door of 
hope. This is not a regular door. Oh, I feel like shouting. This is the door called hope. And because it's the door called hope, hope says God can. Faith says God will. Hope says God can. Faith says God will. Is there anybody here this morning that'll say, God, I trust you. He's going to customize a door for you. Hallelujah. I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished. And the valley of Achor as a door of hope. And she shall sing there. Horse, you got to replay this word. Catch this word. He shall sing there. She shall sing there. Singing here is a metaphor. It is not a, a physical singing. It's a spiritual singing. In other words, this singing is from the heart. In other words, what he's saying is you are just coming out of the wilderness and you lost your song. We're just coming out of the wilderness of a pandemic pandemonium and we've lost our song. But I come against this morning laryngitis. I come against this morning laryngitis in your throat. The ability for you to feel as if you've lost your song. You've lost your joy. Every single person has a song track. There is a song track to your soul. The psalms are the song track of your soul. Every person has a song in your spirit. And what happens is when despair comes, when depression comes, when fear comes, when frustration comes, when hopelessness comes, laryngitis sets in. We don't want to sing anymore. We don't want to trust anymore. How can they sing the Lord's songs in a strange land? But I want to tell you right now, God says this morning, sing again, sing again. He's giving you your song back. He's giving you your joy back. He's giving you your peace back. This is your moment to sing again. And the Bible says you shall sing there. As in the days of her youth. As in the days from when she came up in the land of Egypt. In other words, what he's saying is, I'm going to do something so radical. Something so melodious. Something so miraculous. Something so monumental that it's going to produce something fresh and something new. I want you to type in right now, Lord, thank you for my song. I'm going to sing again, sing again, trust again, believe again, believe again. I'll never forget last year I'd hit a crisis and I was so discouraged. I said, Lord, I was so discouraged. I didn't tell nobody I was so discouraged. I said, I'm going to shut everything down. And God's reminded me, sing again. Trust again. Love again. Pray again. Your song is coming back. I worship you for who you are. Sing. Again, Lord, I've done what you told me to do. I've said what you told me to say. Now confirm this word with signs and wonders following. Sing again. Sing again. Sing again. You're going to sing again. You're going to believe again. You're going to trust again. Sing
sing unto the Lord a new song. He's got new things, new ways, new places for you to go. This is the word of the Lord for us global. God says it's time for us to sing again. It's a new day. It's a new song. But, but we must trust in the Lord. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply staying within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. Up from the waters he lifted me, and now safe am I. It was love that lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. I want to submit to you today when nothing else can help, when friends are gone, when Facebook is few, when others can't seem to help you. Love is lifting you. Father, I thank you for your word. If you're not saved out of the ark of safety, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He will save you. He will deliver you. He will set you free. If you're not saved, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, Romans 10, and believe in your heart and you shall be saved. And right now, I want you, if you pray that prayer, salvation is a process. It doesn't happen immediately, but he will deliver you and he will set you free. Go right to our website, globalfirenow.com, and you are able to receive resources and discipleship for your journey. I believe that God has spoken to us today. And if you have not done so already, or if you have done, but you feel compelled by the Holy Ghost to move again, I want you to sow into the work of this word right now. Sow into this anointing. Sing again. Call this seed, getting my song back. Sing again. Sing again. Bless you, mommy. Sing again. Sing again. Sing again. Sing again. Sing again. Deacon and I will put it on the screen again. Sing again. Sing again. Uh, our four ways of giving, uh, dollar sign, cash app, uh, global fire now, dollar sign, cash app, global fire now, our website, globalfirenow.com. And when you sow into this right now, call this your sing again seed, globalfirenow.com, texting global to 51400, and our Zell, globalfirenow at gmail.com. Get your song back. Sing again. Father, I thank you for what you have said. Thank you for your people being provoked by faith and obedience. Thank you for meeting every need and superseding everything that we could ever ask or think. We bless you for it now in the matchless name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We give you all the glory. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May his countenance be with you. And may he give you his peace. Global is who we are. Fire is what we bring. Ministry is what we do. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. Sing again. Sing